4: Oh yeah, that just that just happened. Welcome to the uh, well, welcome, hello everybody. You're in the Warchant.com post game call and show alongside the founder and administrator of Warchant.com. He is Gene Williams. He just made a drink. Gene, was it beer or liquor? What? What? It's okay. it's a it's a high ABV uh, style.
2: Right. So we're gonna put, I'm putting in the big one. Not, screw the little one. That was. <laughs>
4: Very, very smart. That was a nightmare.
2: We'll we'll break that down a little
4: bit, but holy um, crap. My name is Tom Lang. I am the director of original content at warchant.com and warchant TV. And yeah, we just saw it. And uh you did not dream that somebody gave us a tip already, Gene, and I'm very really thankful <laughs> well, today. I don't know why, but is this for the new coach fund or something? I guess so, but there, there it is. I don't know. Did they actually uh oh, there's no OT there either? So let me change that. Yeah, that was from last week with Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know that they made him kick the extra point. I don't think so. So there it is. a bomb touchdown to close out the day. Uh, somehow someway. Don't let anybody get behind you was not a principle used in the final play of this ball game. And Jacksonville State scores a touchdown, a walk off at Doke as the Noles drop to 0 and two. Jacksonville State wins the ball game. Even speaking it aloud doesn't feel real, Gene. Uh, go ahead. The floor is yours first before we get to callers and sponsor information. Well, you kept saying it's a dream. I keep
2: thinking it's a nightmare. Uh, this yeah. is just not it, it's it, it's going to go down. We'll have the discussion later. We can hear at some point. Is this, one of, is this the worst loss in Florida state history? And it may be. Because of what the momentum you built up from the last week. Um, There was so much positivity everywhere I went around town. Everybody I talked to, they were like, man, they should have won the game. They played so well. All those recruits were there. Norvell's got them going in the right direction. And, man, a one horribly sloppy, disappointing, uninspired, ridiculous performance. You you blew it. You threw it all away. I I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just – I thought they played actually better. I mean, there still was good hitting. I like – a lot of the stuff that happened, but it just was, You so, drop, I mean, from the very first series, you march down the field, you have a guy with an easy walk-in touchdown, Helton drops the ball. <clears throat> I mean, at that point, you probably get a touchdown there. The game takes on a whole different, <clears throat> excuse me, complexion. And it probably never happens. It was just whether it's drop passes, I don't know where they end up with 12 penalties in the game. And every one of them seemed to be, there's a drive happening. Oh, they stopped Jacksonville State. It was always at the worst possible times. Oh, it's a touchdown pass. No, it's not. It's it was one thing after another, but, I mean, the team did it to themselves. Sure, they got some bad breaks and some ill-timed things that happened, but you just even going to that last play, six seconds left, all they had left was a Hail Mary. How are you not back in a pre but It doesn't matter if they catch the ball in the middle of the field. The game is over. There's six seconds. They can't – there's no way in six seconds they could even get in field goal range and, and it, call it, a timeout in time. So what, what are you doing? Who's calling that defense?
4: Yeah. You know, if you were to believe the broadcast and it's a it was a very difficult broadcast to watch, Uh, we can get into all that later about how this night was just a complete dumpster fire. You know, I already felt that way before the final read that Jacksonville State was as, as triple zeros hit. It was everything that could be wrong about this program and has been wrong about this program. Everything that's wrong about college football as a sport with the replay system, with targeting. Everything that's wrong about the ACC network and what a dumpster fire of a network that is. Like before this final play happened, that's what I was yeah. thinking in my head is like, Jesus, everything that's wrong with these three things is bearing out. And then Jacksonville State up and won the game, which is just <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, but of course, we are professionals here on War Chant TV, <laughs> and we want to alert you. If you are somebody who, you know, maybe is listening to this on the WarChant.com podcast network, on uh, WarChant podcasts tomorrow, and there are kids in the car. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You're on your own now. You are on your own now. And that's not necessarily because of what Gene or I are going to say. We are going to open the phone lines. They are open. 850 805 5911. I remember the phone number this week. We didn't remember how to play that situation on defense to close the game. And to prove even more that we are professionals, we have a sponsor. <laughs> yes, we do. And Team Paper, I don't know that this is the exposure you were looking for in week one. But trust us, there are more eyeballs on this post-game show now than there would have been for a Jacksonville State game to be determined about the weeks to come. Here it is, everybody. What is Team Paper? TeamPaper.com. It's a website created in the era of NILs to connect you to more of your favorite athletes. At TeamPaper.com, you'll find videos made by your favorite players for you, the fans. You'll learn personal backstories, hear motivational tips, maybe coping mechanisms. I don't know. See. Team Paper was created for a simple mission, which is to allow college athletes to graduate with more financial stability. They're working all the time on their craft. They don't get to earn a part-time paycheck like most of us did in college or a full-time paycheck. Uh, 80% of every purchase you make at TeamPaper.com goes right in the pockets of these players. Head to TeamPaper.com right now in a different tab, of course. Keep this open, please. And use the code WARCHANT at checkout, and you'll save $10 on the Tallahassee Bundle hint, hint, as in you know what kind of players and where they're from are involved at TeamPaper.com. Once again, that is TeamPaper.com, a great way to connect to the players and a great way to support them and thank them for their continued efforts, if not a victory so far this season. So Uh, that is our sponsor. We welcome them aboard and it's about to get colorful team paper. I hope you, uh, (laughs) I hope you don't have, it it is a neat
2: concept. I mean, I like the fact that players are getting 80% of the revenue from it. It's neat. It's all, you know, their profiles, videos of all the players on there. So you can get, uh, you know, you can't get that anywhere else. And it goes, you know, it's, it's a neat concept. So check them out. Uh, even though you may not be real happy with the results tonight, it should have nothing to do with that, but yeah, we can, we need to break this down a little bit. Um, again i don't i don't know where we want to start tom to start with the callers gene you want to just let people- no no we need we need to give all a, right you know we need to give a little bit of our own take on this thing i mean it, it was so it, it was bizarre so you like i said this first couple of series you're like man Florida state has complete control of this game yep and they just never every time there were just the the ridiculous drops mm-hmm. and then you know they lost focus and then the you know, they gave up some, some plays on defense, gave a touchdown, Jacksonville State's driving. Yep. You had the big hit. What a great hit that was. Return, boom, floor State goes down and scores, yep. and they get a score before half that last five minutes. Like, all right, so they, they were sleepwalking for, what, 25 minutes of the first half? Yes. They got it together, and they came out. It looked like they were dominating in the second half. Almost the entire time. But for whatever reason, they just kept every time it would be a penalty. It'd be a drop. It'd be something bizarre happening over and over and over again. It just it was flashbacks to Willie Taggart.
4: Yeah. So, Gene, you know, I, I'm not writing a story, but the lead in my mind was it's amazing how a three point loss can leave you feeling so good a week ago. And yeah. a three point win, which I figured it was going to be 1714 would be the final, could leave you feeling like you're, you have to go back to the drawing board and ask basic questions. Now, Now it's back to back three point losses because that lead is out the window. Um, but but I agree. I mean, Jacksonville State had the ball for 18 minutes in the first half. It felt like it. Uh, there, w- there was football between the commercial breaks. There was, I promise you. Uh, and then Florida State comes out, and they do own the football in the second half. Frankly, Gene, I thought the fumble that changed the course of the game, McClendon was the one that forced it. I thought that was more uh, close to targeting than the actual call on DeLoach in the second half because he did use the crown of his helmet, but it was, it was mm-hmm. a turning point in what I thought would be a turning point towards, you know, a, a multi-score win yeah, uh, for Florida state. But then again, you have all these details rear their heads. Uh, one of the questions, Gene know, I was going to ask after the game was over with uh, Corey or Ira, whoever stopped by, we'll see if they make their way mm-hmm. from the press box tonight. Um, remember last week when Milton came in, led the drive, it's 35, 38. And uh, Norvell pulls both quarterbacks to the side. And he has a conversation with the two of them. And he wants, you know, I talked about how it's nice to have the transparency and and the communication. That happened again tonight. And Jordan didn't look too happy with what Mike Norvell said. That's what happened in the first half. And he had to call him back to the meeting. Did we see Travis after that in the game? And I want to know what's the situation there? Because independent of what happened in the game and Jacksonville State winning, is everybody all right? Are, are we good there? Uh, because that, I would think he would have still been involved in the game plan, and we can get to that. It's a good segue too, Gene. The trickeration to start the game. How, uh, how do you feel about both quarterbacks being on the same field and all, all that stuff? Because it looked like it stunted the original surge yeah. the first drive that Milton had. Yeah,
2: that, that's a good point. That was one of my notes I brought up. It was about, well, they won, but here's all the things they did wrong. That was one of them. Why are you getting cute? You're running the ball effectively on them. Just playing simple football. You were better than them, man for man. So why why jerk around doing the whole weird quarterback thing? I mean, you're, there's no points for looking fancy or pulling that kind of stuff off. I agree 100% on that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, There's just so much in this thing. Obviously, the penalties were insane. It, 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 let me ask you this a little bit too, because Corbin was or um, Travis was obviously off, and yep. he just he didn't look at that last pass. He had was horrific, so I think it was the right decision at that point to pull him out, which I was fine with. But I was curious about the personnel decision at running back. Corbin yep. and Ward were killing it. I mean, they were gashing them for big games. I think Corbin finished with um, this of uh, 109 yards on 15 carries, averaged 7.3 yards per carry. But I'm curious, for long stretches, after he got over 100 yards, they had Tolefili. To, it was not Tolofili's better nights. He missed the first down. I don't remember he had a hole right in front of him to fall forward for the first down. He danced out of it, fell backwards, and they ended up having to punt on that series. I don't understand why they kept putting Tolefili out there. He
4: was obviously not as effective as the other two running yeah. backs. So this reminds me, this is a talking point we have during basketball season, and aren't we all looking forward to that right now on the Warchant.com yeah. on show? Um, Leonard will sometimes leave a lot of his players out there that are deep down on the bench. Players call them eight through 10 in the rotation. And the game's close, you know, or it was an eight-point lead. It's now down to a one-point game. There's, you know, 12 minutes to go in the second half. And you're thinking, hey, man, get your stars back out there. What are we doing? Don't get cute here. But he's got the patience of of Job when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, And it usually pays off. In the end, if you lose one game in a basketball season, it's not the end of the world. This thing in basketball, yeah. I felt like even in the beginning, they were trying to put stuff on film for Wake Forest with the Jordan, Travis, McKenzie, Milton on the on the field at the same time thing. And, you know, we're not winning the ball game at that time. Like, if you want to do, be cute, put that stuff on the board after you've asserted yeah. control. And it felt like, to me, Gene, they were just – they went through the motions for J State. We did it as, as media, too. You should win that football yeah. game. But then it bore out on the field. Vanilla defensive uh, plays. Uh, and coverage schemes that they were able to carve up in the first half. We adjusted a little bit in the second half. And then, offensively speaking, again, I don't know what the goal was of a lot of this stuff. Again, with the Wildcat, too, and, and that mm. got, you know, it doesn't seem to like work. Off the field at that point, bringing an extra blocker. I, I don't know. It just, there were a lot of curious decisions in, in the first half of this game where it felt like, oh, you're trying to send a message for next week more than you are trying to yeah, that's a good yourself point. to a three and four score lead this weekend. Yeah. And I just it didn't escape me. I could that feeling didn't go away. And next thing you know, it's 17 14 in the second half, and you're screwed now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A, a post on our board made a good point when they were up 17 to 7. It's like and people are like, well, they're gonna end up winning the game. It's just gonna be ugly. And people are all complaining. He goes, What do you expect from a six-win team? Which we thought we thought this was. Yeah. I go, a six-win team coming off a short week, an emotional game. You know, you get a sloppy win. You can somewhat excuse it, but you would still think, well, again, we all thought Notre Dame was a top 10 team. After what they did today against Toledo, they're probably not a top 10 team. They're not as good as we thought they were. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of it, too. But, again, we thought this was – I still think this is an improved team. I just think everything got out of their hands in this game. Oh. I know people don't want to hear that right now. It, it, again, it could be the worst loss in history. But I hope they're going to learn from this. Um, but you said they got too cute. It's a game that you, like you said, they went to the approach. We're going to win the game. We're going to do some fun stuff. We're just going to go through the motions. We're on a short week. We're not going to really put too much into this, you know, and we saw the result when you jerk around too much, and you let a team hang out and they let them hang. Every time they had a chance to put them away, somebody yeah. screwed something up and they never did it. And you see, this is football. This is what happens. You let a team hang out.
4: Well, and that's a good program, too. It's a winning program the FCS. They documented it on the terrible broadcast on the ACC network that uh, they were in the quarterfinals, I think, with a fourth-string quarterback. And, and you could see a lot of the stuff that they had for Florida State early on was well-timed out. They were apparently a dumpster fire against UAB. You wouldn't know that tonight. You wouldn't know that. Uh, the problem gene, and this is a five-alarm fire. It's not like DEFCON, right? You go higher as the, as the alarm goes. Um, the culture there was a lot of progress made. There was a lot of belief and trust. I, I'm not trying to overreact, but when you lose a game like that to a team like that, yeah. the game that you controlled, and if the players really want to look at the game plan and say, man, we messed around here. We weren't necessarily prepared to go take that game right away. We got cute. You're testing the culture in a way that I never thought we would test the culture under Mike mm-hmm. Norvell this season. And that's got to be a major concern in that building. And yeah. that You've got to lock that down right now. And you might not be good enough to beat Wake next weekend if you perform anything close to this. And yeah. now you're staring at 0-3. Like, Gene, we've got a real problem on our hands. This isn't about just tonight and the embarrassment. The That is a permanent embarrassment. Yeah. That play... Will be replayed by people mm. always documenting FCS upsets over FBS teams. They don't care that Florida State's down. That's Stoke Campbell Stadium. They just walked off in. That play is going to be out there forever. You've got a long term problem now. Out of nowhere, yeah. recruiting, current culture—that has to be. Uh, I don't even know how they sleep tonight. In that, in that yeah,
2: they—they've got to repair. They got to go out and win a couple games. I mean, that's the only way you can somewhat negate what happened tonight. But I think you make a really good point on the culture thing because we were all told. The end of the Jimbo era, the, the Willie Taggart era, the culture got so bad. And that's why all those players were run off or transferred or quit or whatever happened the last couple of years. And they were all run off. And this team had bought in and we saw it. the cultures changed and they're all that. But it looked team lost composure all over the place in this game. Just look at the penalty totals. Look at the drops. Look at the misassignment on defense. I mean especially in that second half, guys are just running wide open. This is a bad, I mean, they got shut out by UAB. Come on, people. Maybe they're not as bad as they should against UAB, but they were destroyed by UAB and they came into your house yep. and pulled off the win and got, again, I, I just don't understand how you can get rid of all those people and have a new coaching staff. And this was a, last year we had the, okay, it was COVID. They didn't get to practice together. It's a first year staff, all the attrition, you get it. There was some, Validity of that. There's there's no excuse for this. Yep. This is a horrible loss. It reflects poorly on the coaching staff, the players. Yeah, you know. Again, we'll see if we'll see if this starts hurting recruiting. But I think there it's a five alarm right now. They need to go out and win the next two or three games to try to save this recruiting class and really save whatever progress
4: Mike Norvell thinks he's made over the last year. Well, what's interesting to me, Gene, is like in the flow of this game. And again, it was just a disaster to take in. Nothing about it was good. You know that I had the app up to pull up the ACC network broadcast. I, I joined the game two plays in because it wasn't loading on the home screen. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great night. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't think they lose, but I was like, this is just this is how it starts. You had injury timeouts left and right. I don't know how they fielded a roster, Gene, with all the kids that went down for Jay State. Like, how how do they have an every other play? There's a guy being every held, other- held off the field. Replay reviews, we know that that jackass of an official, t- I remember him from back the Wake Forest game where Dalvin pulled his hammy. That guy got kicked out of the SEC. So I was like, great, here we go with that. All of it, nothing was good about it. However, I would tell you that in the flow of the game, compared to, say, the ULM game where, where they didn't uh, you know try and score a touchdown towards the end against Willie or the Stanford game, week two, Willie's first year, I didn't feel as negative about the football team for the sixty minutes, as I did in those two particular games, however, at the end of the night, the result is different. Yeah. Those two nights, we actually lost the football game. I yeah. I liked what I saw to the defensive line; they were dominant throughout. Yeah. They were consistent. Uh, I liked what I saw physicality wise out of the defense. McKenzie made some plays. He had an asinine interception, but. Like it, can, general- can
2: we say the receivers are just not good, too? I mean, is, is there a reason? Is McKenzie that off that guys just aren't open? How many times? The line actually blocked pretty well at times. He's looking all over the place. How's, how our guys not getting open uh, against Jacksonville State?
4: And they shuffled a lot of bodies. Robert Scott came out of the game. Now, I don't know what that was for sure. I don't want to say 100% it was a coach's decision yeah. or an injury. But, I mean, we can ask one of our guys if they come on later. Uh, but uh, you had uh, Darius Washington switch over to left tackle. Uh, Devontae Love Taylor flexed out to play right tackle. Dante Lucas comes in to play right guard for much of the game. By the end of the game, Brady Scott was in it at right tackle, and DLT had moved back yeah. to guard because Dante Lucas uh, Lucas took like five penalties. Um, but you know, overall in the flow of the game, I, I still saw the commitment and the buy-in from the defense. Well, so the,
2: yeah, you're right. They look right. better. Yes, yeah, it, the, the UL game, ULM game, it actually looked like they were being outplayed. Right. You right. know, they look like they were even, or ULM might have been better team. Of course, it was clearly the better team. I mean, they outplayed them in and most facets, and they were much more physical. But Correct. you know, it doesn't the better team doesn't always win if you let a team hang out. They're good enough. They got a player here, or there.
4: Well, and and the unfortunate thing, whether or not you agreed with it in the moment, and be honest with yourself. Did you think that we should go for it on fourth and goal from the two or the three? Like, if you said that, stick to it now. Don't be a hypocrite and say Mike never should have done that. I will say, though, objectively, from the optics standpoint, if you do kick the field goal there, nobody's running by anybody in that situation at the end. It never should happen in the final play that you could get run by. I mean, good Christ. Um, but, but it almost,
2: it almost reminds me of the block in the Georgia tech game. Like it was just, it was just that ridiculous ending that has
4: no business happening and you lose a game on a play like that. If you're up six in that situation, everybody's like yeah. the goal line and and yeah. you're, you're not even tempted to be stupid in that. Well, situation. you should have done that
2: anyway. They could not have got that off in six seconds. How does Fuller not see that put everybody back? Look, if they want to try to do a quick play and run out of bounds and have him kick a 55-yarder potentially right. to tie it, whatever. Let him, let him go give a shot at that. Right. The kid's long was 46,
4: according to the podcast. Yeah. So it's, it's
2: not there's not it's not it's happening. You have to be in prevent right. on that play. There's uh, no excuse for that. To be able to strike
4: the ball, too, and the new spike rule, Gene, is. I think it has to be over a second left on the clock. So th- there, this should never come into play. No. Never come into play. And this reminds me of an NFL game that happened last year. It was the Raiders and the Jets. And if you are to believe the broadcast Mm -hmm. that somebody was scot-free the the second-to-last play of the game, uh, Greg Williams calls asinine defenses where, guys, the the defensive back up near the line of scrimmage, the only thing that can hurt you is over the top. This is that moment. And what sucks about that, Gene, is largely speaking, Adam Fuller was pretty good for the first two games. And now you've undone all of that. He was on the hot seat to begin the season. Again, you've got to answer basic questions that we thought we were past. Now yep. you got to start the you're, we're back to we're at year negative 1 now. Where are we? I mean, it's just a total disaster. Yeah.
2: Like I said, all you can the only solution at this point, you can't say anything. You got to go out and win your next couple games. Yep. And if you lose to Wake, you're going to take another step back. If, if at that point if you lose to Wake, I think the class falls apart. And then you got to seriously question the coaching staff. Their, their backs are against the wall right now. I can't believe we're back here again after two years ago with Willie Taggart, and you're back to this position. But their backs are against the wall. They need to prove it on paper now. Yep. We, we've seen, we, look, we get it. It seems like the players are buying in more, they're more physical. You had some good transfers. But man, until, unless you
4: win some games, it doesn't matter.
2: It's, right. it's irrelevant
4: well and and are they still bought in listen i'm not trying yeah. to be uh somebody that's going to get a call from sports info because i'm being too negative that's a legitimate question yeah that's a legitimate question this locker room has been broken over and over again did this just do that it's a fair thing to wonder we'll see how they respond because we do get access yeah. to practice so we're going to see how that looks um is it time yeah. to open up the phone lines yeah
2: let, let's let's hear from the fans as you guys please try to behave yourself don't make us we can't earmuff you know, the old old school thing. You talk about the kids in the car, and I was thinking of the scene in old school where he does the ear mouth. So try to keep it at least PG-13-ish. We know you're upset. You're We're here for you.
4: We want to hear you vent. Yep. So we'll have it. Phone lines are open. Here we go. Let's, let's have at it, guys. The first one tonight to get a crack at it. He's been waiting 20 minutes already, and uh, he's asking some, some basic questions. It's Kyle. He's out in Colorado. Kyle, what's up, man? How you doing?
5: Hey, uh, you guys touched on a little bit, but uh, after watching Notre Dame play and how bad they looked and watching us how bad we looked, uh, I think that moral
6: victory we were patting ourselves on the back for is kind of indicative of where our program's at. I mean, in 1998, Marcus Allison was a quarterback for a championship we lost, and we weren't patting ourselves on the back for losing that. It's just tough to watch.
2: Yep. It's pain, absolutely painful, Kyle. It's t- it's. You know, I, I, it's one of the worst losses in history, especially when you put it in the context of how bad the team has been, and we thought they were on the rise, and then you just get kicked in the nuts. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's. I think
4: that's apropos. And how about my man Kyle breaking out the word "indicative" on the Warchance.com post-game call and show? I think that's a first for a phone guest. It also indicates that Kyle is amazingly sober after taking in this four-hour slop fest. Yeah, you think, Kyle. Uh, I, I won't be in about two hours, but, uh, for the next hour, you got me, uh, Tony and Tallahassee, Tony, you are up next. You're hearing the bell right now. Welcome into the WarChan.com post game show. I'm going to stop asking people. How are they? I can guess. Tony, yeah. go ahead.
7: Hey, hey guys. Um, you know, I would like to say I'm surprised, but I'm really not. And I'll just give you a quick observation before my question, but, um, I'll start with the OC, the offensive coordinator, Dillingham, um, You know, we've got 10, and Gene touched on this. I'm glad you touched on it. We got 10 carries for 22 yards out of Tullefeli. You've got 15 carries for 109 out of Corbin, and eight carries for Ward for 45 yards. Personnel is on the OC. There is no reason he should ever run up the middle. He's not big enough nor strong enough to break tackles. And in crucial parts of the game, he's the one that's in. And then on a fourth down going for it, we put Corbin in to the backfield, and then we throw a fade to a yes. true freshman in a corner. I mean, that's a third down play. You don't throw a fade that direction. But anyway, that's second-guessing, I guess. But my question then to you is, at what point do you just have someone pack their office up and take off midseason? Because the scheming on defense has not been there. I haven't been a fan of that hire from the get-go because I don't think he was ready for Power 5 conference. He's a nice guy. That's great. But nice guys don't win games. His scheming is horrible. He was not back like you reiterated. I'm going to reiterate what you said, Gene. There's no reason we don't have people back in a pre on that because that's the last play of the game. You're in man. But if you can look at other plays last week, this week, last season, he, he, he doesn't scheme very well. And you would think we'd learn from it. And it doesn't take much to, you know, to do that. So my question to you is, is do you get rid of them mid season or am I jumping the gun on that? Because I, I don't think we're going to progress as a defense scheming. These guys are hitting, these guys are playing, they're talented, they're bought in, but when you have a poor scheme and game plan, you you know, that's anyway, I'm done ranting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, We're here for you, Tony. We feel your pain. We are completely with you. I do think, I mean, without question, Adam Fuller's on the major hot seat this season. I mean, he's got to come through. And it was there were some breakdowns. I call it the end was bad. And he, you know, the scheme. You can say it's hard to judge. I mean, Notre Dame obviously put up some a lot of points on Florida State, but mm-hmm. you know, some of that was. I mean, Cohen dropping bomb just dimes yeah. all over Florida State and some other things. I, I, I still think it's a. It, I don't think unless you see something different. Tom, I don't see them firing him mid season. If things continue to unravel, you know, if you do, you have to have somebody waiting in the wings. I don't know if they've got a GA or another assistant right. coach that they could just elevate to that position. Not off the top of my head. It's not like when they brought Levitt in here, you know, is it, is a, you know, a GA or whatever, and a support staff, you could just suddenly elevate him. I don't know if there's a person on staff. You can do that. It's not like you can go out and bring somebody in mid season, oh. So I kind of doubt that will happen, but absolutely, if this kind of stuff continues, there's no doubt there will be a new defensive coordinator at Florida State next season. And like you said, he is a nice guy. I really like Adam Fuller. I'm to be successful. He seems like he knows what he's doing. He's great to talk to, but it's not. Some of it's just not translating. And I don't know what's going on. And now it is. You can talk about that part, but at the end of the game, again, I, I can't give him a pass for that. That was a complete fail. Yeah, not having the team in prevent.
4: So if you're if you're talking about an analyst, people will bring up the name Randy Shannon very quickly. I, I'm not yeah. I'm not midseason fire guy in this situation. Here's why: the game plan this week was vanilla because it's supposed to be vanilla against a team like Jacksonville State. That that's the way it, it's drawn up. I I can understand it, Tony. If you've got issues with scheming his entirety, the entirety of his time here, and if you look at the track record at Memphis, it's not exactly lights out either. Like I can understand those long term points, but if you're talking about the game plan tonight. It's supposed to be Fenella. However, the final play of the game is unforgivable in a lot of ways. It undoes all of the goodwill that you were building up because of the increased physicality, the increased coordination. And the one thing I would also note, Tony, where you are correct and where I would have some concerns, and I, I, I would have brought this up anyway had they not scored on a freaking Hail Mary at the end of the game, we were late getting in signals again. A lot. Yeah, If you look at the breakdowns, our, our coverage breakdowns, they happen more as the game waned on. Remember, there was the the lack of switching on, on the touchdown. I don't know if that was the one that actually scored or the one that was, uh, that was called back for an illegal man downfield. But we had coverage breakdowns in, in the fourth quarter, lots of them. And then we had a poor call in the fourth quarter. I don't take issue with the defensive game plan because you should be able to line up and handle business and frankly, they were on the field for 18 minutes in that first half and, and did the most that they could uh, in the second half with, with a lack of of energy. But it all unraveled towards the end, and it may be moot. It may not matter that the game plan should have been vanilla because that final situation is just so damn bad. Uh, next up on the Warchant.com call-in show is Josh up in New York. Josh, welcome back to the program. We haven't talked to you since it looks like November of last year, this phone number, so how's it going? Oh, I wasn't supposed to ask that, but how's it going? Yeah, Josh. We know it's awful.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, boy. There it goes. Oh boy. Yep, yep. Where
6: do I
2: start?
3: Um, well, I guess I can't I can't really start with the defense. I felt like the defense was okay. I mean, besides that last play, they had three like straight three and outs, I think the broadcast was saying, and we were on the field for way too long because our offense put us on the field for way too long. Yeah, and I'm talking about the defense. Yeah. Number one, number two, yeah. number two, McKenzie had a, it's it's really a touchdown to Helton in the first, the first drive.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's a walk in.
3: Then we started going trickeration. Then we started going trickeration in the second drive. And then that just killed all the momentum. And, for, for the life of me, I don't understand this. And and listen, I don't criticize kids like that. I'm a coach myself. But last week, Toa Philly on second and six, when we were at, in Notre Dame territory, bounced it outside and it got hit for a loss. That was the play of the game for me. And then this week, we need one yard and he gets hit behind the line. I mean, like the, the kid got to watch more film or something the kid got to watch more film. And then thirdly like Mike Norvell what well, you know, I felt like McKenzie should have been the quarterback no matter what. And that was only because I feel like he's the better guy anyway. Jordan like everybody wants to talk about injuries and injuries. Jordan Travis is injured too. He gets injured every game. So why why are we worried about whether McKenzie's going to be hurt? We have seen Jordan, he's hurt most of the time. And then he didn't look happy after this. So in my mind, I'm just – I'm really frustrated with the offensive play calling more than anything mm-hmm. else in the world. The offensive play calling was horrendous. And like Gene said, the receivers, I mean, we knew it. But good God, we – like if we're able to, by the grace of God, keep Travis on he better play both sides. Maybe oh, he,
2: he's hundred percent receiver. If you can work him in on defense, absolutely. But man, could they use him on the offense?
3: I mean, Gene, he needs to play linebacker too because he <laughs> was wide open. I mean, it was wide open the whole game. It was wide open the middle yeah. of the field. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, I, I, maybe I looked at the stat, maybe I looked at the game wrong. But I don't know how many outside the outside the hash mark bombs we got completed on today besides those corner outs. But like the middle of the field was just like it was like fake handoff, middle of the field, wide open. And I, I don't know. I don't want to take too much time. I was thinking about taking a flight to North Carolina because that's where my boy coaches. No way. Not
2: now. No way. <laughs> I, I feel you, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I appreciate the call. Yeah, Josh makes some really good points. Uh, I will say the thing, the, the, the start last week. I know everybody's like, why didn't you know McKenzie start from the beginning against Notre Dame? Again, I we've said it several times on the show. Look, McKenzie didn't practice for a lot of that time. The game planning, what was going on in practice, he wasn't there. There were some there were some issues going on with him. It you can't play a guy that's been outplayed in practice, that's not practicing, and then start him over the other guy. I get it. It you know, in hindsight, sure, maybe you should have thrown him out there, but that, that's one thing I'm not sure I agree with. The thing that really irritated me about Tola Feely, Tom, and if you saw the one replay they did, the end zone view mm-hmm. on that third down of one or whatever that was, when all they do is fall forward, there's a hole. Yeah. Right in front of him. Right. Now, maybe it would close. Maybe you only get two yards, but who cares? Right. And then what makes me even madder about that, and this is something I will give Jimbo credit for, would Jimbo put him back in the game after that, after not falling forward for the first down?
4: He wouldn't be, he'd be pulled. He'd be done. Yeah, not not running backs. He did that with the receivers, but not running backs. Running backs, he had no. Well, he got yeah. Not when you had
2: two other solid running backs that are playing well. Feely would not have got back yeah. in the game after that. But yeah. I don't know. Again, like you said, Mike Norvell, if he was trying to make him feel better, or he just they were just going eh, it's Jacksonville State. It doesn't matter. We're Wet, still going to win regardless.
4: So two things. Number one, Jimbo uh, it, James Wilder Jr. drove him nuts for that reason. Yeah the precise thing you're talking about, the situational awareness. And he was so proud of James Wilder Jr. when he when he did it at, at Virginia Tech. It was the Thursday night game on the road, and he was able to convert in short yards. And he said, finally, finally, you take a situation and you understand the magnitude of that moment. Corbin always understands that. Now, he yeah. doesn't always get there. Uh, he well, has Not a- when you put him in the wildcat when they know what Correct. he's doing. Correct. Well, and, and at that point, take Milton off the field and just load up for an extra blocker. I mean, I, I don't, the thing about this game, whether or not they actually were doing this, Gene, it came across over the television screens, and I'm sure at Doke as well, as that they were toying with Jacksonville State for the long game in order to be better off in the long run, and it bit them in the ass. Period. Yeah. Period. That's the way it comes across. I don't care what the actual – you could tell me, no, we were trying to do A, B, and C. All right, fine. That Maybe that's what you were trying, but it came across – with Travis and Milton, and we didn't score yet. Maybe, maybe if Keyshawn caught the ball, and you're up seven to nothing, and you want to roll out those tricks, put those on film to give Wake Forest extra things to prepare for. Maybe we can stomach it at that in that moment. But now you look back on that particular series, and that's, I mean, ridiculous. And we welcome, by the way, all of the Jacksonville State fans that are watching this program. The number <laughs> Gene, and I've got to imagine there's a lot of Jacksonville State gamecocks that are here. Because they're just and, and they're they're, they're doing a little people.
2: shot and fruit on us right now.
4: Oh, absolutely, they are. And there's and
2: probably they, some Gator and Miami Hurricane
4: fans tuning in. Too. Rightly so. Welcome, guys. We hey. do not welcome you. You can go away, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Carl in Valdosta, Georgia, is up next on the WarChance.com calling show. Carl, go ahead.
6: Yeah, I'm just upset just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, but my thing is, but Mike Norvell. He needs to start he needs to stop being gutsy and and start coaching smart. And what I mean by that is kick the field goal, get the three points, go up, have some momentum. That last play, unacceptable. I, I feel like everybody else, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. completely unacceptable. Like I said, he they he he needs need he got to go. He got to go. Wow. Also Every time that Florida State plays and they have a weather delay, they go up at the halftime. They come back out. They lose the game.
4: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I think he's got to go talk. Is uh,
2: it's premature? It's a little premature. Look, I get I, it's a horrible, painful loss. It was. It's embarrassing. You lost composure. You made incredibly stupid mistakes. The yep. coaching was bad. Whether well, I think we can all agree whether it was the gimmicky play calls or it was what. The, the defensive play calling at the end. the coaches failed in that, but you yeah. can't just start you know it, it legitimately for this was last year was you know zero I'm, I, don't, I really don't count a covid year with the new coaching stuff. This is the second game in we have seen some improvement at least in some areas and I know the result sucks. but like I just said you got let's wait to the end of the year man it, you know if this happens all year long, Let's start having the conversation. You can't have the conversation
4: in game two. Well, you just you You've got it. We're about to see how much of a grip he has on the locker yeah. culture of the program. You're about to see it. I think it was Tony who brought it up a couple of callers ago. That fourth down fade call, Gene, I can already tell you, on Monday or tomorrow night for the Sunday Smash with Jeff Cameron and Irish Rafael, that's going to come up. Well, you
2: know the percentages. You're you're an analytics guy. You know what that is, and that when you see that call, it is a
4: low-percentage play. Right. Well, and, and what's it on the heels of, Gene? They're at the one, and they get stopped <sighs> in the backfield trying to run the ball. At that point, I would agree that it is prudent in that moment. I, I like aggressive guys, too. Uh, I like aggressive coaches who have aggressive plans. But in that moment, when you just got rejected by Jacksonville State's defensive line, again kick the field goal the best you got is a fade to who I mean Malik McLean is going to be a good player I still believe that and he damn near caught the ball it shuffled in his belly and that and for the folks that were at doe Campbell tonight and were mad about the replay if you saw it on TV the extra angles that it, it, unfortunately because it's impossible to catch the football anymore by the letter of the of the rule that was the correct replay decision to leave the call stand and have it be an incomplete pass but that that's the play you're going to draw up like in the heat of the moment, fourth down, that's a tough sell, Gene. That's a tough sell.
2: When and how, <laughs> and how, many, how many times are we going to see they do the, They get a third, whatever, they go, well, I'm going Wildcat because two plays in a row, I'm going for it on fourth down regardless. He's done that three times now,
4: and it's failed every freaking time. Stop yep. it.
2: Yeah, It doesn't work.
4: Yeah, Zach, I see your comment here. Uh, I wasn't worrying about this game either. And here's the thing, in watching Notre Dame, uh, I'll go back to that real quick. Notre Dame's offensive line is terrible. So the fact that we racked up those sacks, especially when the left tackle went out, equation Fuller, I think he got one and a half, just like that, right after. Um, a lot of teams are going to do that to Notre Dame unless they find solutions really quickly. What I was impressed with, given the way that Toledo played them, most of Toledo's scores came on turnovers today. So I thought, all right, well, then the offense was fine. And that's where we did the pregame show earlier. I talked to my army of Zaxby's chickens, and I said, we're going to go over 50 tonight. And I thought, yes, we can laugh at that now. Uh, everybody please feel free laugh at it but given the way that we were able to run the ball up and down the damn field against still what i think to be an okay defense in south bend you would think that it would translate against jacksonville state and they got rejected more often tonight than when well, they needed to the third down. i mean that's the
2: thing if we want to get into the game details you go to th- whatever they're four out of 13 something
4: like yeah. that on third down conversions
2: it's just nuts and a lot of those were short a lot of those were short conversions they did not make meanwhile Jacksonville State converted at one point they converted like four third nines in a row yeah yeah and that's like you said it was keeping the defense on the field for them because they kept converting those and uh, Florida State can't convert third and one over and over and over again which when they were running effectively it was it really didn't make any sense You're right yeah again I don't know if that's the scheming what they're doing offensively on those short yardage plays but it's a problem
4: Yeah, well, I I think what we can say now comfortably, Gene, because Corbin has been good at at turning a bad play in short yardage into a first down. Like he's been very good at that. It's not because it's blocked up beautifully, and it's like you know Urban and Tebow, circa two thousand and six. Nothing like that. It's the guy just goes ahead and makes a play independent of what happens in front of him. Let's stop telegraphing in the Wildcat what's coming, because you're already at a 50-50 proposition at best that you're going to be able to block it up to get the yardage that you need. Why telegraph and have them be able to key at the line of scrimmage as to exactly what's coming? Next up on the warchant.com call and show is Tommy in Pompano Beach. Well, Tommy, at least you've got a sea breeze tonight. <laughs> a sea breeze beverage as well in your hand. I was going to say drink or uh, weather. Yeah, yeah. I, I would take a golf breeze right yeah. now, Tommy. Go ahead.
0: I definitely do. Hey, guys, how you doing? Um,
2: (laughs) All all, all right, all things considered.
0: (laughs) I will just say, you know, great effort from last week. You know, going into this week, I was very excited. Uh, I was hoping for, you know, a great ending to it. But, again, I I just don't understand how we fall apart at the last minute. And, yeah, it was horrible, horrible scheme call at the very end there. You got to put a little prevent defense. Put at least four or five guys back there. Uh, but essentially, the question is: is you know, I, you guys already touched up on it. But again, maybe it's Fuller on the hot seat, and how hot is it? You know, is he is he gone? You know, midseason. I I know you already said no, but is there anybody besides Randy Shannon that could possibly fill that spot?
2: I mean, doesn't does Papuchas have some defensive experience? I mean, coordinator experience maybe uh, does, or Shannon. I I don't. I just think it's very unlikely. Now, look, if if they completely implode. Again, the I guess anything is possible. Again, I don't think there were a couple blown assignments in the last play call. On the whole, the defense didn't play that poor. They played okay, I I would say yeah. for most of the game, other than a couple breakdowns here and there.
4: Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's time to be hiring and firing guys right now. Uh, I understand why you feel that way. I might as well. Yeah, uh, you know, if you, it, it, Gene, we have these meetings all the time about the short term and the long term, the small picture and the big picture. You know, big picture, it's not time yet. I'll tell you what, it is time for big time in the big picture. Though, we are watching closely this week of practice. We are watching really closely. If Ira wasn't on the sidelines tonight with the binoculars, I'm sure he was. Uh, he will be for the trip up to Wake Forest. I mean, this is a critical week to watch. Every little detail of how everybody is bought in. We loved to use the word buy in this week. I did on the feature, uh, the third and Lang feature. That's Iris' title. I like it though. It's funny. Uh, with the Malik McClain play, and you're seeing that Josh Burrell and Cam McDonald are blocking 20 and 30 yards past the line of scrimmage, sacrificing so somebody else can make a play. Buy in, buy in, buy in. Are they still bought in? Man, because this. This locker room has taken so many hits over the last five years. Yeah, this is a haymaker, Gene. How worried are you? I mean, you're on a as a Knoll fan, as somebody who once, uh, once upon a time, really got into the recruiting game. I mean, what's Michael thinking right now? Put yourself in his shoes. Yeah, geez.
2: Well, I'm worried because, you know, again, we can't Florida State cannot go through another couple horrible seasons it just i don't know if the program can survive it yep. uh and to me it comes I, i'm very worried about the next three games you're at wake forest louisville and syracuse at home yeah now 24 hours ago we all marked that down win 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 mm-hmm. and now we have no idea they could go three and oh one and two oh and three i don't think anything would surprise us at this point we don't know what this team is yeah um yeah, I mean they've got a lot to clean up. I I don't I just don't know what I saw tonight. Oh, I, I'm having a really hard time a wrapping lot of- my mind around it because you like you said it, it looked like the worst of times last season and the end of the Willie Taggart era. It looked like the same thing, and we we've heard so much and saw so much that they were past that. Right. That's what's scary. Um, again, on the field, it looked they looked better. I know the result was different. But they actually looked a little bit better than they have the last couple of years. But it doesn't matter if you can't win the game, you don't win the game.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, the funny thing is, Gene. You know, in the course of the game, it, it didn't feel the same as it did the last couple of years because it, you're seeing details and buying. But the res- in those instances that we referenced, Sanford, ULM, you name it, they didn't lose those ball games. This had the results that those ones didn't. It, yeah. Like they felt like losses, but they were wins. This felt like. A game where you got cute and you tried to skirt by and and be prepared for wake and it bit you in in the butt. That that's what tonight felt like, and I can't. yeah,
2: and that's what they did. Yeah, they didn't they didn't go out there. They would have just played straight and got to win the game. I don't think there's any doubt they win the game. Right. And this is where this is on this is more on the coaches than anything else. We can talk about the culture and all the other stuff, and that is a major concern going forward. This is 100 percent on the coaches. They they didn't they did not take jacksonville state seriously they saw that score against uab they were probably reading some of the press about how well they played against notre dame and they're on the right trajectory and they're looking ahead to wake forest and even through 99 of the game you felt well they were still kind of in control that this isn't gonna it's fine it'll be an ugly win but man you can't put yourself in a position where a team can beat you on one play a team that's yeah. jacksonville state you can't do it
4: yeah Uh, I disagree. Love barbecue and Knowles. Uh, 2017 did look a lot like this. Uh, If you recall, going up on the road to Duke to play David Cutcliffe, only because Cutcliffe decided to call a trick play out of nowhere uh, did Florida State put themselves in a position to win that game. We went down the field the first drive. Like, if you're going to lose to Duke, it looks like this. It looks like this. And, And that game against Florida that year, I mean, my God, that was some of the worst uh played football in a rivalry game in this state i've ever seen so yes this has been four and five years of this nonsense 2016 had more wins but you had the the loss to louisville like this is five and and that was historic so it's been five good years of this nonsense we go to matt in san diego hey matt we talked to you last week we'll talk to you again right here on the warchant.com post game show welcome to the program Mm
0: What's up, brothers? How you guys doing tonight?
4: <laughs> hey, Matt, I'm not drunk enough. Other than that,
2: I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, a
0: couple of quick comments. I'll let you guys comment. Like, uh, obviously, we're all uh, kind of pissed off tonight, so I'll keep it short. <laughs> but uh, hey, first series, Mackenzie Milton, perfect, five for five, two drop passes, one drop touchdown. Second series, stupid. The two the two QB quarterback system obviously, obviously didn't work. Travis overthrew like overthrew freaking two guys. Easy passes. Third series, run, run, run. What the hell was that? Kind of getting pissed off. Fourth series, Jordan Travis overthrows a guy with an eight-yard out, ten yards over his freaking head. James Blackman. James Blackman. That's what he was. Six (laughs) series. McKenzie Milton touchdown. Six series. McKenzie Milton touchdown. The seventh, eighth, and ninth series. I'm sorry, guys. I love you. Norvell should be on the hot seat. If Taggart was on the hot seat a year and a half, Norvell, after that freaking two and a half quarters, needs to be fired. That was the worst loss in Florida State history. I've been to freaking hundreds of games. This is bull bull crap, okay?
4: Absolutely. All right. Well, we get the we get the picture. And we appreciate it, Matt, that you you stopped yourself and said bull Yeah, C-. he he was like I'm going to
2: try
8: to We did in a row, yeah, yeah. Weeks
4: in a row of that. No, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I feel it. I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, this is ridiculous. All this it, it, all the pain Florida State fans have gone through the last few years. And finally, we get a glimmer of hope. And like I said, you get kicked in the nuts. That's that's what this yeah. is. I'll keep saying it because that's exactly what it feels like. Um, Gene, work, know, I, he's not on the hot seat. Norvell's not getting fired now. Um, I know that's, I see that's every other post we get coming through from Twitter, from Facebook, YouTube. I mean, it's I not, look, you're I co- get it. I get it. You're mad and you want to lash out fire the coach. And it, it's on them. This loss is 100% on the coaching staff. They didn't have this team prepared. They called a silly game. They they didn't take them seriously. They looked ahead to Wake Forest. All the things you don't do as a coaching staff, they did. But you you can't – we have bad days. They had a really bad day today. It doesn't mean to fire them
4: is your first reaction. Give them the season – and we'll reevaluate at the end of the year. Well, given that it's uh, nearly 1 a.m. on a Saturday night into a Sunday, and, and we are talking about Twitter and Facebook and you know uh, social media, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of it. So, uh, and there's a little bit of this going on. On that's sure. right. And navigate through the comment section at your own peril, folks. mean your your thoughts, he he said the worst loss in Florida State history. You go back a little ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, almost all of them in the last few years.
2: I mean, sure, you had the, the Wake debacle. Yeah. I mean, I think that one hurt a lot because you still thought Florida State was a pretty good program. We know Florida State's been down and out. It may be, like I said, in the context of the fact that this program has been down so long that it was we all thought it was on the rise of recruiting's a top five class right now, and the damage this could do long term to the program, it could end up being the worst loss of all time. But I think it'll be defined by the next three games. Yeah. If you win three, if you win two probably not but if you win only one or you lose all three then yeah you go back to this game yeah. and go this was this was a thing that put Florida State in the grave you might as well put the sod cemetery and put this game in there because you might as well put Florida State's tombstone in the sod cemetery because this could be the end of the program
4: so um oh man I, I, I don't want to consider that just yet maybe after a few uh high That's eight- what I say
2: let's see a few more games yeah yeah before okay. we do that but I think this this game the impact of this game will be defined like you said Tom if they lose the locker room now, because yeah. what happens in this game? We see it on the field and they lose it. Yeah,
4: This is the game that was the turning point. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be. And and that's not hyperbole. This is a monumental loss. This is such a yeah. bad loss. And, and there was a term that uh, Lee Sterling, the uh, handicapper we have on the uh, Jeff Cameron show, uh, he's a professional handicapper by trade. He's a huge Miami fan, Miami booster. And he was describing the Miami-Alabama game, and he, he ran out of terms to think of. He goes, it's just dumbness. Yeah, we all laugh, like, dumbness? All right, well, yeah, that's fair. Well, Lee, perfect word for tonight, dumbness. This is just something else. Michael in New York. We go back to the state of New York. Michael, you're on the Warchant.com postgame call-in show. Go ahead.
9: Hey, gentlemen. I am a 2007 grad, moved up north, um, not doing too well. Uh, watching this team. But just want to ask you about the offense. So, Norvell's calling all the plays, right? Um, I'm curious about the route tree because I I don't see any slants. I don't see any screens to the running backs. No check downs. You know, I'm an armchair QB. What do I know? But it just seems super rudimentary to me. There's no um, creativeness with this offense. And it seems to be lacking some basics. Want to get your thoughts on that? And then the whole two QB thing seemed ridic- ridiculous to me I mean if you're gonna have a direct snap to Jordan I mean what's McKenzie gonna do he's not going out for yeah. a while so it seems to be managed right. yeah. defense they had to cover one less guy so you know just very very disappointed in his offense right now
2: Michael, thank you for the call. And I mean, yeah, Tom, you touched on that earlier when you do go into the uh, some of those formations, whether you're doing yeah. the Wildcat or some of the others, and you put McKenzie out wide. You're just – that's a waste. He's not getting the pass. You're not putting him out there. It's just – again, it's it's being too cute. Yeah. Now I'll let you speak more. You're more kind of the technical guy. Maybe it's something you'll research when you go back and look at some of the film. He was talking about some of the checkdowns and route trees. Yeah. I don't know. To me, that's – I don't I don't know enough about that. I, I do know these receivers are not getting the separation they should – Against an inferior opponent, and to me, that's that speaks to the wide the talent at the wide receiver unit. I think some of the young guys, I think, will be good. I like McLean. We saw Williamson make some plays tonight. I I think there's some potential there, but I mean that starting group. And I know Ontario Wilson, I guess, didn't play.
4: We don't know what's going on there. Yeah, Um, Arian Williamson got a lot of run tonight for that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that that doesn't help, but I, I do. Think, to me, ultimately, this comes back: to your very weak at wide receiver
4: right now. But I don't, I'll let you speak to the other stuff okay. that he brought up. Checkdowns, yeah, they got those. You know, that, that was just a previous caller said that Jordan couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on a checkdown earlier. That that was one of those. Uh, Mackenzie's used those in certain situations. Uh, halfback screens, I, off the top of my head, first play against Notre Dame was a was a halfback screen. We use screens a lot: bubbles, uh, flares. Halfback screens, all that stuff. It's in the offense. Slants? Ah, now. don't see a whole lot of work over the middle of the field. I think part of that is because the interior of the offensive line isn't very good, so it's hard to fire the ball right back up a window when you've got uh, the butts of your left and right card just closing in on you at warp speed far too frequently. Uh, that is the the route that we don't see on the tree very often. A lot of comebacks. A lot of smash concepts and things like that. I think they're creative enough. We were just lauding them for being creative for working around offensive line deficiencies against Notre Dame last week. Let's remember that. I know that right now we're all pissed off and we should be, but it's, it's not all binary. They don't magically suck at scheming just because of this game. They got cute. And they got caught for it. Yeah. Not the same thing as them not being capable of scheming stuff up.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was being creative. They were overly creative of anything. They were trying to be creative for creative sake. Right. Instead of just going out and winning the game. I mean, it's
4: it's a broken record, Gene, but I think that two quarterback thing wasn't about them, you know, succeeding in the moment. I think it was about them putting it on film for future opponents. And Jesus, that looks silly now. I think they'd agree with you. A Hubris, there you go. Yeah good, yeah, good one, Keith. That's exactly what it is. You can't lose the game if you're going to pull that kind of crap. You can't. You just can't because these kinds of conversations happen. And here's where it's important, Gene. It's like they, they don't have to care about what media types say after the game, and I hope they don't. I hope they care more about looking at the film and looking in the mirror and saying, what do we need to do to get better? Boosters have these types of conversations. Recruits have these types of conversations, and those are the people that count. Not us. Next up on the WarChant dot com call and show is Blake in Gainesville, Georgia. Don't like the town name. <laughs> Welcome, Blake. How's it going?
10: <laughs> how goes it, guys? Uh, hey, Blake. So, obviously, obviously, Hey, Gene. Obviously, we're all um, upset. Um, but I, I, um, I immediately after the game, um, EJ and uh, Mark Rick and them come on from the huddle, and he, EJ mentions how. He's at a loss for words. He's uh, embarrassed deeply. Um, and so I just wanted to just get your thoughts, both of y'all's, really. I, I don't believe we've watched a Florida State game as choppy as this one. I mean, I felt like after every play, something was being stopped, whether it was a penalty, whether it was an injury, whether it was just the refs talking to each other. And it felt like every time Florida State was going to get a glimpse of momentum, like it was stopped. And so yeah. it just was – it was mind-boggling watching. It was like almost a headache to watch the game. Yes. I was at the game last week watching Notre Dame, and just the flow of it was amazing. Like everything just was flowing. Even though we, we ended up on the short end of it, it like everything flowed nicely. This this was the complete opposite. And so, you know, um, at what point in time do we really w- – My thing is, is that, okay, now we've lost two games this season. And, and Gene, you touched on it. Like, if we don't win against Wake Forest next week, what happens with the recruits? And I am definitely scared about losing Travis Hunter because what that would do for the future of the program and everyone else that's that's bought into what he's doing. And and right now what he's doing week to week to week, you know, here in Georgia is just incredible. And I think we need him, obviously, um, because – Gene, you're right. You mentioned it earlier in the show. And so we're sitting there watching and Mackenzie Milton could have he written a letter and sent it to the offensive lineman. Thank you for giving me time. And no receiver is doing anything. Get and it's Jacksonville State. This is not Miami we are playing. We're playing Jacksonville State. Like how what why? How did it yeah. get this bad? You Know what I'm saying, and so but I also felt like the flow of the game was like mind boggling. I've never watched a football game where it's just okay, we're going to run one play and we're, we're going to stop it. We have a 15, you know, penalty here, a, a five yarder here. We're gonna off. I mean, it was it was off sync for everybody, for the players, for the coaches, the rest. I mean, good gracious. It was, it was painful to watch the thing all the way through. You know what I'm saying? So my yeah. more so question is, is, is the, for the future of the program, what do you all think that Travis Hunter is thinking right now? And, and how, how big is it for us to get a win at Wake Forest? And is it even possible? Because if they don't get it together this week, oh, my God. You talked about the tombstone. I mean, I, it's got to be coming because we've been doing this for six years now.
4: Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot to unpack there. So uh, Gene, go ahead with the Travis Hunter thoughts if, if you're him right now.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I can't get in his mind. I don't know what he's thinking, yeah. but he's not happy with what he saw. Uh, right. My guess is he's probably sitting back going to see, well, let's see what happens. I know, again, fans want to jump to the gun, but I, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm hoping he's going to sit back and go, let me see what they do the next few games. Now, again, if they pack it in and, like you said, they lose the locker room and they go out and embarrass themselves against Wake Forest and come home against Louisville and, and lay another deuce on the field, then uh, – <laughs> so I guess I could say that, right? I'm not really swearing. Sure. Um Then, yeah, I, I would be very concerned. He might say, look, I, I committed this coaching staff, but I don't think they've got it going in the right direction, and then, yeah. then you could have a problem. So I say these next two or three games are so freaking important for Florida State – um i mean blake i mean blake we feel your pain man it yeah. was and that was the game and the broadcasters even brought it up at one point how this was just an ugly game if you're not a florida state fan or a jacksonville state fan you are not watching that game you were turning it you were there was other college games going on that was yep. that was an affront to football that so, game it was there was no flow it was ugly it was chippy the officiating was bad but some of it was deserved, some of the calls,
4: but they did. They loved throwing that flag during the game in, in this order. I grew up a Knoll, I came here to be a student after I grew up being a Knoll. My sister was here in the 90s. Then I was paid to talk about the Knolls and cover the Knolls. Mm-hmm. So, those that's the order in which that I, I feel affiliation in every one of those affiliations. It was a painful, painful game to watch. It was everything that's wrong with the experience of being a Seminole right now in 2021 as a college football fan. It's everything that's wrong with the game of college football. It's everything that's wrong with the ACC network and its ridiculous rules and, and stupidity. Are we are
2: we going to get into that? Do we want to talk about that, or are we just going to rip on Florida State, the, the broadcasting? That was an affront to, to broad,
4: sports broadcasting that's today. That's what I'm saying. Everything about the game was on every level, on the conference level, with the TV network, the game itself, the way it's officiated, the way it's called, and the game itself, the way they go to TV breaks for every injury. We need to, That rule needs to... Be
2: outlawed. Well, you could. I mean, at one point there was a play where the the guy, the commentators were saying, "Oh, it's defensive pass interference," right. and they go, "Oh, they called it offensive." And like, well, we don't have a replay of that. They didn't have a clock during the game. You didn't know. Are they running out of time? There was no play clock. Right. I've never seen It's been forty yes. years since I've watched a the game. They didn't have a play clock on there going on. And every he got. I mean, the names were wrong every other time. I mean, it was
4: it was ridiculous, Tom. I, mean, I was begging for Raycom in my brain. For two hours, <laughs> three hours and, and that, Ray that made
2: Raycom look great
4: yes exactly well and and Gene is just again on every level we've had this happen before uh the Georgia Tech game with the weather delay was choppy as hell there were a ton of injuries in that game to start last season the Virginia Tech game remember we lamented oh my the times they went down with faux injuries and those were fake as hell yeah Willie's first game We've had a lot of these that they find a way to go four hours when there's no business for them going three and a quarter, but they go four hours. And TV networks take full TV timeouts. This is one of Corey Clark's pet peeves, and I totally agree with him. Why do you have to take a full two-and-a-half-minute timeout if somebody goes down for a cramp? Just stay with it. Vamp for an extra 30 seconds, and let's play some freaking football. That was not the case tonight. And listen, Florida State is not a victim because of that. But it just made the viewing experience all the worse. And we were already pissed off before the final play happened. And should you need a reminder, they hit a Hail Mary on us because we weren't in prevent to finish the game. <laughs> just in case you didn't remember that. John and Inverness, you are up next on the warchant.com post game show. Go ahead, John.
11: Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? I, I know it's, it's tough for all of us right now. I got a few, few things to say real quick, if you don't mind. And one of the things I continue to hear as I talk to other Florida State fans is, we don't have the quality players that we did back in the days and and with that i also want to say we don't seem to have the quality coaches I, I, we brought in some coaches from some smaller schools and i know we say well covid was the last year it was last year we got to got to take that into consideration but i think the fact of the matter is you got to call good plays during a covid year and you got to call good plays during this year and the fact is when you call Last week, when you call two direct snaps and you go for it on your own 30, and then you, you, you blitz on a third and 17, and then this week when you're not in the prevent, I mean, if, if we don't have the quality players, and our guys are good. Don't get me wrong. We got good players. Now, they're, they're not the, some of the, what we're used to back in the 90s, but they're still good players. But if you take good players and you make piss-poor decisions on a coaching staff, you're setting yourself up for failure. And that, that's what I continue to see year after year, whether it's COVID, whether it's Willie, whether it's Mike, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who, who it is. It, it's the same old story. So I'm questioning the coaches' abilities to coach these players based on the piss-poor decisions they've made. It's very clear they are, they, that they seem that they're weighing over their head. Um, and, and they've just yet to prove themselves uh, on a small scale, let alone if you can't call good plays against Jacksonville State Then, you know, I'm kind of uh, questioning, I mean, we're hoping we get one or two wins out of the next three games, but uh, my glass is half full right here just because I've got nothing to go on other than what I've seen. And what I've seen is pure inconsistency and, and pure lack of common sense coaching. Stick with something. We don't need to be tricky with all these these gimmicks and these schemes. You put if you're going to put Milton in there, he proved himself before at U.S. at UCF. Put him in. Let him run it. We don't need to throw another quarterback out there. I mean, these are common sense things that. I mean, I'm not a coach. I never played football, but I've watched enough to say, hey, that's pretty stupid. You know, why are you even doing that? And my big concern here, as the previous caller mentioned. If we lose Travis Hunter, I do believe it's going to be a snowball effect. He might be listening right now, Travis. If you're listening, please give us some more time. Um, but uh, I, I do believe that we are on the on the edge right now. It's either going to go one way or it's going to go another. And, and I hate I hate to say that, but uh, um, I did, however, wear my um, my Bowden shirt today and wore it proud, and I'll continue to wear the Garnet Gold gold nose. We just hope for some better coaching uh, of these young players. I appreciate it, guys.
2: Thank you, John. That's a good call. Yeah, um, a good call. I mean, I think I don't think anybody's in disagreement. This is on the coaches. I mean, yeah, you know, whether it's being too cute, whether it's the handling of third and short, fourth down play calls, whether it's obviously not being in at the end of the game, you could have just just muddle through, just an average coaching thing, and you win an ugly game. Who cares? It's a win. Heck, Jimbo, you know, Miami was losing to Appalachian State. To the last couple seconds, Jimbo was losing at AM to Colorado for most of that game. Um, but those coaches found ways to win, they muddled through, they got it. They, and I, I doubt they did the cute stuff that Norvell and the staff did today. I hope this is a learn. I mean, look, we make mistakes. It seems like Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham, those guys, we talk to them, they seem sharp, like they know what they're doing. Yeah, so we all do stupid ass stuff sometimes, but you know what? When we do it, we learn from them. we go. Well, putting two quarterbacks out there or constantly doing the Wildcat and putting Milton out on the side or whatever, it doesn't work. So let's not do it anymore. Now, if they go out and wake Forest and do cute stuff again and lose, and I'll have to give some creeds that people say fire Norvell. If he keeps doing the stupid stuff that's not working over and over again, that's a problem. So we'll see if that happens. But again, I'm not I'm in a
4: hundred percent agreement. This loss
2: is on the coaching staff.
4: Yeah. So folks, just understand what what happened there. Papa Gene came out of hiding. Like that was Papa Gene Williams saying, "We all do dumb stuff, you know. That's that's life. Like that is a moment of perspective. You, now you get to see behind the curtain. This is Gene is behind the curtain. And I agree that we all do dumb stuff. But there seemed to be like six or seven things that got stacked on top of each other tonight, and it's just really <laughs> hard to take because the stakes of the game got higher as it went. Like if it, it was hidden in there, it was hidden uh, because it's seventeen seven. But you know kick that field goal. He go up two full touchdowns, like little things like that. We didn't, it didn't seem to be important enough to do those things. How, how long a list, Tom, if you
2: were to go through that game and heaven forbid, I'm never going to make any of my employees watch the entire game again. I wouldn't put them through that. But if you were, how many single things could you find that, would have made a difference. I mean, you, I mean, oh, it would be pages yeah. and pages. That's of what a dumbass play penalty here. That's a horrible call. That's a stupid scheme. That's a drop. I mean, oh, like one of those things you fix, you're not losing to Jacksonville State.
4: Yeah, agreed. And and that's where you know I, I think a couple of years ago, Gene, the list would have needed to be maybe 15 long tonight because I think they're better. I think there's more talent yeah. in, in certain areas, especially defensive line. Like we'll start with the defensive line. And McKenzie's a better quarterback than Hornerbrook was, or, or James Blackman was, right? So, like, the list needed to be like twenty-five to thirty things long tonight, and it was. And here's one of the, this comment that's when you said that I wanted to bring this up, not yeah. just because we got a contribution from Mister. Cobb's here, but Darren says uh, the second touchdown drive should have never happen because of the penalties that gifted first downs, and it yeah. happened again. So I, I was I was thinking about it, in my brain again. It, there's no replay with like. I got to watch this on an app, man. So I I don't have the DVR the way I like it, but they had the touchdown call back when we blew the coverage on the pass off. Well, the second time they score on that drive, it was at the second level. It was the basic RPO over the middle. And I thought, Oh God, we're going to win this game. But there that is. Wake forest is going to see that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to test that all night. And instead of worrying about wake forest. Now we have to worry about these basic things like, how cogent and, and coherent will the program be come Monday or Tuesday when we get to get into practice? And I do have good news though, everybody. Florida yes. State has secured a five-star. We we have it worked out secured a five star. It's just not Travis Hunter right now. It's it's but it's a good close second. It's Ira Shafel, our managing editor, Ira. Welcome to this program. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) yes. On the blinders. Yes, yes. Go run for the roses with those blinders on, man. How's it going, all things considered?
8: That is – I've seen a lot of stuff in these last uh, 30 years of doing this, and I've never seen anything like that, and uh, hopefully I'll never see anything like that again. That was uh, unbelievable, and uh, it's like watching – it's like watching a car accident in slow motion, especially that last six seconds, but really the whole fourth quarter. And uh, anyway, I'm here, man. We can talk about it.
4: All right. All right. So what was the higher total real quick? I just want to ask this. What was the higher total of incidents? Florida State plays it took for this game to go the wrong way, or Corey Clark complaints about how disjointed the game was? What was the higher total?
8: Uh, I'm going to say more of the, uh, more of, uh, the plays that it took for Florida State to go the wrong way, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to complain about. I mean, there's a I and mean, he's writing his column right now. People can read about that, uh, when, when he's done and when you guys are done, uh, that'll be up on the website. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many things to, from the very beginning of the game. I mean, the, the, you know, dueling quarterbacks having both quarterbacks out there at the same time to, you know, some of the decisions, you know, going for it, you know, uh, I don't know there, the the four, the the play calling down in the red zone um, and then it was weird to me the the decisions to not have Jay Sean Corbin out in the field a lot Lawrence O'Fly was out there a lot I mean there's just so many curious decisions in this game that all seem to backfire ultimately with the last play I mean I, I still don't know what I don't know what the call could have been how they ended <laughs> up in that position and I don't know why the players on the field didn't realize they, if they just tackled the guy, the game was over anyway. It was just a, uh, there's a, there's a million questions to ask after that game.
2: Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. IR. We've yeah. had a lot of the stuff that you just brought up. A lot of the people of the, the calls we've had and the comments, we've had a lot of the things on there, but I guess just to go big picture, I mean, how devastating is this for the program? I, my, opinion when i talk to people i go really the next probably three games will define how bad this is it the worst loss of all time i go well if they lose the next three games yeah it will be we look back the the damage it's doing to the program and the recruiting class but i mean how bad big long term for this staff everything's been that's been built up over the offseason the excitement from last week it, it seems like it's not only gone back to level but you could be going back to i mean i don't know unprecedented low levels
8: Really, I mean, there's there's nothing to talk about anymore, I, in, in in my opinion. Yeah. In terms of like what they're gonna do or what they could do, um, there's no goodwill left after you lose that game. And you know, this is a, you know, look, we 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 try to give every reason, every excuse in the book for last year, for going three and six, and you know, point to COVID and all the things they the the program they inherited. Um, but there's just no excuse for losing this game. I mean, there's just none. There's and so so now you're. You know, if you're Mike Norvell, you're three and eight as Florida State's head coach. You're zero and two this season. You just lost to an FCS team, Um, so there's really nothing to even there's nothing to even talk about about how you can get back in good graces. It's just you just have to figure out a way to win some football games, and then at some point, maybe fans will like reconsider. But you can't get them. I don't think you can get fans on your side right now until you just start winning a bunch of games.
2: Yeah, that's what I brought up earlier. I mean, nobody cares about anything else. You got to chalk up some wins. And that's it. Everything else is nothing. But I, 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 you brought up the Toafili thing. There was this questionable play callings all over the place. That, I mean, a lot of people are very critical, ourselves included, about the whole, the two quarterbacks being cute in this game. And, and Tom brought up a good point. He thought a lot of it was window dressing for Wake Forest to kind of show a lot of things for them to prepare for. It. Did you get that impression a lot of this was just them showing stuff and not even really concerned, worried about winning or losing this game?
8: I mean, that's the way it came off to me, especially because they didn't go back to Jordan later. You know, and it's not that McKenzie was playing bad. I mean, obviously the penalties were a problem, but you would think if if Jordan Travis was a feasible option in the, in the offense right now, if you felt like there was still a reason that he could help you win the game, and you would assume that's the case by the fact you had him out there so much early in the game when it was still 0-0, then why wouldn't he have maybe got some chances later in the game, especially when you're down inside the 10-yard line, uh, or even coming out of your own uh, side of the field a couple times where you just needed some positive yardage to set up a better punt. So it just, that was all curious to me. Um, but, but you know what it reminded me of? And, and I, and I was very critical of Jimbo Fisher in 2011 when they went to wake forest, they had just lost. Um, they had just lost to Oklahoma and Clemson. Yeah. They just lost to Oklahoma yeah. and Clemson and EJ wasn't available. Mm-hmm. It was an emergency situation. And uh see they started Jimbo started Clint Trickett against Wake Forest because I think he thought they could beat Wake Forest with Clint Trickett. And I felt like at the time that sent a message to the team that you don't need EJ Manuel to play and you can beat him. And then sure enough, you needed him because Clint turned the ball over three times early in that game. They go to EJ and then they couldn't dig themselves out of that hole. And I thought that not starting your quarterback sent a bad message to the team. And I think doing what they did tonight sent a bad message to the team. I just think it sent a message that they could do some gimmicky things, as you as Tom said, and I agree, to kind of give Wake and other opponents something to worry about, and it, it just backfired in a huge way. And I, I'm not saying that that's the reason they played poorly, but it's a leading cause when you had so many penalties and you were so sloppy throughout the night.
4: That, that's a great point, Ira. Uh, because that was also if a bye week for Wake that right. they did that, so they had more time to prepare, and yet that was still the product that was out there. Also, is apropos that EJ Manuel yeah. was on the, the TV screen behind you on your behind you <laughs> when you said that. Yeah, as you were talking about him, there he was hovering. Um, <laughs> he, he said, for what it's worth, that yeah, obviously he was embarrassed as a knoll uh, with what happened tonight. I, I wanted to ask you about a particular thing, hoping that maybe you saw something with the binoculars, but there was an exchange uh much like last week's where mike norvell pulled both quarterbacks aside this is in the first half of this game i don't know if you remember the moment uh but he talked to mckenzie and jordan jordan didn't like what he heard Uh, it would appear he walked away and mike had to call him back and i don't know that we saw 13 back in there for much if anything after did did jordan seem engaged after that should is that irresponsible speculation or, or what do you think about that moment and what happened afterwards
8: I mean, you're not the only person that saw it that way. Um, Yeah. You know, when we were talking about it in the press box, that that's kind of what it looked like. But I also wouldn't overreact because that it happens. I mean, that happens all the time. Quarterbacks are coming off the field; they're frustrated. Coaches, head coaches, say something. They well, I mean, that used to happen all the time with Jimbo, and he he would follow him down the sideline and go talk to him some more. So it's not like that's not totally uncharacteristic or out of the realm for that to happen. but, and he, and honestly, McKenzie went back in the next driver two later. And when he came off the field, uh, cameras probably didn't catch it, but he came off and uh, uh, Norvell was talking to him and McKenzie tried to kind of walk away and Norvell kind of pulled him back and talked to him again. So that's pretty common. Um, but yeah, man, I'm sure tensions were were a little bit high because, you know, you're, again, you're, you're, nobody wants to be, you know, look, fans want one quarterback. I'm sure, Definitely. Players want one quarterback. And I'm sure the quarterbacks want one quarterback. And and when it doesn't work, it, it, when it works, great. But when it doesn't work, you know that's what you kind of end up with.
2: Now we didn't get to see any of the press conferences, so I don't know what I guess. A what did uh, Mike Norvell say about play calling or anything relevant? And then was the final play <clears throat> the the decision to not go in a prevent uh, yeah. on that final play, which again is just baffling to me. Uh, was that was that brought up in the press conference?
8: Yeah, both things were. Um, on the final play, he said that they didn't want to go to a straight up prevent because they felt with like six seconds left, and Jacksonville State still had a timeout that they could throw the ball over the middle, get a timeout, and, and kick a field goal. I think you I mean, lost
2: time on that one. He's not buying it. I'm not either. I'm out too. See ya. I'm
8: not. <laughs> Uh, I'm all right, guys. I'm here alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, this is great
2: TV. A lot of love live TV. I mean, look, not, <clears throat> I'll,
8: I'll give Mike Norvell credit for apologizing and saying it's embarrassing. The co- the players all said it was embarrassing. I'll give them credit for that. But man, you can't explain that decision. I mean, there's just no way no. you can explain it. And. I mean, literally, I mean, as they lined up for the play, I mean, Corey and I were sitting there going, why are the DBs only 12 yards off the line of scrimmage? What are they doing? And then as soon as the ball was snapped, Sidney Williams took off like, you know, a bat out of blank on an angle to try to get back there. But even then, even with that, I don't understand what the, you know, I'm going to, Calling guys out, but Jarvis Brownley, you're right there, man. Like if you, yeah, hey, I was laughing task, at
2: that. I'm like, ah, yeah, big deal. What? So it's adding, you're patting the stat book. I'm like, big deal. They're going to tackle him. The time's out, and I'm like, what are they doing?
8: So I mean, there's just a. But <sighs> anyway, yeah. So basically, he 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 defended the call. You know, what's interesting to point out, and again, this is where you know when you lose, everything kind of comes back to 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 hurt you, and everything comes back under scrutiny. On the drive before, when they had it like. Fourth and two, fourth and one or two, they called timeout because they tried to get uh, Jacksonville State to jump off sides. They didn't jump off sides, so they called timeout. And it's like you, then they had no timeouts left. They could have called timeout before that last play and, yep. and, and talked about what they were going to do and said they just kind of did it on the fly. About the offense, what um, Warvell said they just could never get into a rhythm. He said that the plan was always to play both quarterbacks early, but it would be Milton's game. <sighs> Um, and they just couldn't get into a rhythm. McKenzie blamed most of it on, uh, the penalties. He just said, you know, we, we were constantly in, you know, we would get a first down and then being first and 25 or second and 20. And, uh, they were just constantly behind the chains. He thought that was the biggest problem. Um, but I mean, and some of the penalties, I mean, you know, it's, 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 you can say execution, but ultimately it's on the coaches. You know, you have linemen you know, a tight end that's covered up and tries to go out in a route. That's uh, so you have a eligible receiver downfield. You've got uh, offensive guard. I guess just thought it was a running play, and he's running ten yards downfield, blocking on a pass play. I mean, just sloppy. And and uh, you know, people should go watch the you know the players' interviews because Mackenzie Milton. I, you know, I thought he was pretty candid after the game. He said, "Look, you know, when when people tell you, when people are patting you on your back for losing." I don't know how serious you're going to take things the next week. I mean, he didn't blame that on the loss, but he was the one guy last week that said he didn't believe in moral victories. And tonight he felt like the team wasn't It sounded like he was saying he felt like the team wasn't as focused as it needed to be because coming off of a loss, they, they kind of felt like they had won a game.
4: Uh, quick question, Ira, about the offensive line shuffling. Uh, we saw obviously Robert Scott come out of the game. Uh, was there any discussion about being a coach's decision or something bothering Robert? Obviously Darius Washington slid to left tackle and they did some, jumbling i know that there are big picture questions to ask but i just wanted to see if if there was clarification on that
8: no i don't we didn't get to that And besides the fact that it was such a i mean obviously just such a crazy result in the in the loss um you know they were having problems with the zoom the zoom press conference there was audio issues so it was just of course there
2: were way everything else went tonight
8: (laughs) But, but uh but yeah there was a bunch of stuff like that though i mean like you know pokey wilson didn't play uh, You know, and then, like we said, Corbin was out for long stretches. I asked him after the game, were you hurt at all? And he said, no, he was totally fine. They were just rotating the running back. It's just – uh
2: well, That was going to be my next question because I'm like, whatever, he hit 100 yards and I think he had like two – care, like in the last quarter and a half had like two touches the rest of the game. It is usually that crazy-ass wildcat when you put McKenzie out wide. It makes no sense either. So I, I didn't get that. I mean – I was anything else brought up about that about playing the hot because Toe had the bad run where he tried to dance when they didn't get it and then they just kept playing him. And I, I was bringing that up to Tom early. I know Jimbo would have benched his ass back then after that play. And it just why wouldn't they I guess something we can ask maybe this week, why wouldn't you play the hot hand? Because I've seen and Traysha Ward looked great too when he was out there.
8: Yeah, I think Monday the coordinator interviews are going to be interesting. And to be honest, I mean that's you know, again, I mean I give I, I can't criticize Mike Norvell in terms of the access we get. So coaches and players we get more access than probably any media in the country. Uh, but this is a game where obviously, you know, if we could have talked to the coordinators, it would have helped because there are so many big picture questions for Mike Norvell on Monday, you know, we'll get Mike Norvell again. And then what we should, I would assume we'll get the coordinators. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a long list of questions asked after this one.
2: That's it for me, Gene. I'm out of question. Right, yeah. Well, let's say you've done great work tonight, Ira. Um, appreciate you coming on. We weren't sure you were going to show up. I think Tom wanted to call, wanted to punt, not do this tonight. So we're we're being pros, pros here, going through this. Thank you. I look forward to your call. Will there be a three, two, one tomorrow?
8: Oh, I might. Is uh, somebody texting me? They're going to need a eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see and look forward do.
2: to those pro football focus grades. <laughs> Let's just see how well they did. Oh, uh, Good night, guys. So, yeah. Good night, Ira. Good work. Yeah. All right, we probably need a couple more maybe I don't know if there's a call or two and then we probably need to wrap things up guys. We can vent all night. I know it's a suck fest all across the board. This is painful, but you know, it's sometime man, we got a Tom needs a drink. I don't know why you don't have that near you. I I wish I had my I should have well, we got off the screen. I should have run to the fridge for a refill.
4: Yeah, I know. Well, that so. was you know. I didn't know if we were going to run uh, Norvell tonight. I guess we have our answer for two reasons: one, who the hell wants to hear that? And two, if they've got the, if that bad, issues, like well, ACC Network must have been running the Zoom tonight. <laughs> yeah, I guess they were. Uh, we got a few calls, so we'll uh, Terry back over there, screen the calls. We can close down the lines for tonight, but uh, we'll we'll try and run through everybody who's been waiting patiently to vent. Yes. We're a therapy session, folks, because we're going through it, too. And, Gene, if we did run something, this would have been the first night I had a, a, an alcoholic beverage with me in our time doing the post game show. You'll just have to imagine, folks, after that uh, it's not going to be a double. It's going to be a triple pour. Rick in New Hampshire. Rick, welcome to the post game show. Thank you for being patient. Go ahead.
5: Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, it's hard to follow the silver fox after this.
4: Yeah, yeah I'm right. Um, <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm probably a couple more pours in than you guys are. Uh, Good for so you. Move, feel free to take your time and uh, to find something for yourself. <laughs> um, my my original question was about like why were we not in prevent. I think that's beaten to the core at this point. Like I'm trying. I I believe in this coaching staff. I I'm but I'm losing confidence in the defensive side and the aggressiveness on the offensive side, like that we should have kicked a field goal at the two yard line. Of course. What were we doing? Like, uh, can you guys help me feel a little bit better about maybe next week we have a chance? I, I, I'm kind of stuck right
2: now. Well, Rick, yeah, no. Yeah, I think if we brought before we absolutely agree the field goal should have been kicked there. Um, and if you're good, if, unless you had a really good call, yeah. if, you had something in the, if you had something in the hopper, they'd done it in practice. Because, look, they do so much red stuff, situational stuff, down near the goal line. So if they had a play, look, this has done great in practice. So we're going to work it. I can't imagine the fade route to the rookie uh, freshman in the corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. That that was not yep. a good call at all. Now, I will tell you, yes, they absolutely have, a, I think, it's shot. I still think because that defensive line looks good, I think McKenzie on the whole looks pretty good. The running game, if you play the right running backs and you do the right situations with them, I think they're running the ball well. So I think they're in a position they could absolutely beat Wake Forest. They're probably—I don't know—I'm guessing to be like a three-point underdog at this point would be my guess. So I mean, they are they i think they're very much in the game. It's a winnable
4: game for them, and it's an mu- absolute must-win game for them. Yeah, I, I agree. They can still win that game if the if they can hold it together. Now, the one good thing yeah. is they're going to have one hell of a game plan for Wake because clearly they've been installing all the- <laughs> so they're gonna all. Look at look you as a glass being half full. Look at Tom. There we go. Uh, Gene, speaking of that, if you want to fill your glass real quick, I got to do one more read for Team Paper, and then we're going to take a couple more calls and we're going to wrap up. So real quick, want to remind you guys about our sponsor this week. We welcome them aboard. Team Paper, you guys got a ton of exposure tonight, like a, a ton of it. Not for the right reasons, but stick with us. And obviously, you folks, if you want to support uh, some of your favorite athletes, here you can with Team Paper. What is Team Paper, you ask? It's a website, TeamPaper.com. It is created in the era of NILs to connect you to more of your favorite athletes. At TeamPaper.com, you'll find videos made by your favorite players for you, the fans. You'll learn personal backstories, hear motivational tips, maybe some drills, things like that. And as I said before, perhaps coping mechanisms as well. Uh, Team Player was created for a simple mission. Athletes can't spend any time making money outside of what they do. It's too much to be a football player. You can't hold down a full-time job or a part-time job. So this is what they're doing. 80% of every purchase you make at teampaper.com goes right in the pockets of the players. And if you buy the Tallahassee bundle, which you see, you go to teampaper.com and a different tab, you'll see the Tallahassee bundle. There are 16 athletes so far uh, from Florida State uh, that are a part of this program. All proceeds are distributed evenly to these guys. If you want a discount, use code WARCHANT at checkout to receive $10 off. Guys, frankly, this is a great way to support players directly. We're in a different day and age. where $100 handshakes. I suppose they're they're allowed these days. This is your way to do it on the up and up with a great organization in (laughs) Team Paper. That's teampaper.com. We thank them for their support of this show. And obviously, finding a way to support athletes as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, really neat concept. And if anything else has gone on tonight, Tom, we've had, now I've had to block a sex uh, bot, or oh, a, yeah. a porn bot that has tried to infiltrate <laughs> our chat. So it must be an A, it's got to be the ACC network. It's something they did, I'm sure.
4: That's correct. Uh, yes, they got into the Zoom calls, they got into the bots. And now we get in with Nate. From Texas, Nate. You heard the bell. You are on with Gene and myself on the Warchand post-game show. Go ahead.
5: Thanks for taking my call, guys. <laughs> oh, um,
2: <laughs>
5: I was gonna. I appreciate y'all leaving me on hold for a while because it let me calm down. Um, but I was gonna. I was gonna rant, Ray. But I know I want to get y'all out of here. I'm gonna leave y'all with this. If we can't convert on a third and one, if we can't get one yard against an FCS team, we don't deserve to win, and it is what it is. Y'all have a good night. Thanks no, for taking there my you call.
4: Go. All right, Nate. Very concise there, Nate. <laughs> He's right. He's right. You get yeah. the down with a buck 47 or whatever it was to go, and we are Again, I think It's more on the call, though. I think you, you can pick up if you just line up
2: and go against the man-on-man. I think you can pick up that one yard. I think that's more on the coaches. Uh, for the play calling and what they did on that scheme on that play than than anything else. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the, if you can't pick up one yard, you know, I've seen the best team, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks sometimes don't pick up that one yard against an inferior opponent. It does happen sometimes. So I'm not sure I buy that. But to me, it's more indicative of, again, bad coaching. So we'll see. To me, this if the coaches go out and coach has gotten and coached a good game against Wake Forest, I think they win the game. And if the players have not given up, if the players still have bought in, I think they can. I think they
4: not only can, I think they will win the game. But those are two big ifs. Yeah, I hear what he's saying though. It's an FCS opponent. It's a young, yeah. Like I, I get it. I feel it, and I appreciate the uh, the brevity of the call as well. We go to yeah. Travis in Iowa, who has been waiting for some time as well. Travis, big day for you in that state with the Cyhawk Trophy being played for.
2: Mm-hmm. How's it
4: going, man?
12: Well, first of all, I don't really give a damn about the Cyhawk. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about either team. Uh, just one thing I wanted to say. Well, first of all. You for having me. Um first time caller to this too. I have been a Knowles fan. I can remember the day that I saw the first game. It was January 1st, 1988 in the Fiesta Bowl. And I was nine years old and I have religiously followed this team on obviously the different sites all the games everything every game is recorded and i gotta say that this is
9: the worst
12: loss i have ever endured and there's been some bad ones especially in the last you know five to six years and then a little bit in the you know you get into the jimbo era there were some bad ones too but this one was the worst and um but going back to my question Uh, I don't understand why we don't run the ball more. Why Sean Corbin is even taken out of the game, you know, between him and Ward and our offensive line actually shows that they can run block. And I know McKenzie had time tonight. He did. He ran around because quite honestly, our receivers are bad, but we do that well. So, why do you think those get they're constantly trying to have this passing game when you know I feel like we should be running two out of every three downs at least
4: uh yeah th- it's a fair question and I-, I think the answer is not one that you're you're gonna want to hear travis uh much like you don't want to hear about the Cy-Hawk trophy um they were trying to work on stuff tonight yeah they were trying to work on stuff for the long haul and they got caught. They got caught doing that. And to your point, 33 carries for the three-headed monster, so to speak, more like a two-headed monster, uh, Corbin, Ward, and Toafili. Of those 33 carries, Jay Sean Corbin got 10 of them. And that's going to be something that bothers people for a while this week as well. And it should. Because you know, if you're going to rank who, who should have touched the ball, like you say, 33 times, who should have gotten the ball 22 to 25 times? It's Corbin. And who should be the second back in that situation? TreShaun Ward. And if you build enough of a lead, who do you get in there? All right, Feely. Let him get in there. But this is uh this is the plight. It's not a great answer. I don't, I don't think it's gonna satisfy you, but I think that's the truth. Gene, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. But Jay Sean Corby, even when he got he got docked a little bit because of that
2: last silly uh wildcat nonsense. Yep. yep. But he still, even with that, 7.3 yards per carry. Uh Sean Ward, 5.6 yard per carry. Tolfeely, 2.2. And, it felt- and he, seemed, he seemed to always be in there when you needed those yards when the game was on the line. You had the guy that was averaging 2.2 yards per carry in there. Yep. I mean, it's again, it goes back to whether it's scheme, being cute, yep. personnel decisions. It's just over and over. It, it always falls in the coach's lap. I don't think I've ever seen a game where I put so much blame on a loss on the coaches as I have on this one. It's just, it's inexcusable everything they did in this game. And, and Travis may be right. This could go get it. It's right. Definitely in the conversation for being the worst loss in history. If this does ultimately undo this season. Right. And we're looking at another two, three win season and the recruits bail. Yeah. I look back at this and go, this was the one, this was the worst loss in history.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a chance. Uh, final two callers who've been waiting for a half an hour and we appreciate your patience. Mm-hmm. And then we'll wrap it up here on the WarChants.com post game show. Wyman in orange park. Wyman, go ahead. You're on the warchance.com postgame show.
6: Uh, my buzz is just worn off right now ever since that six seconds had expired. But, uh, man, um, the thing I just want to get off my chest is we, I keep hearing everybody saying fire the staff! fire the coaching staff, fire the coaching staff. But we have to think about something very important. Is it more of a better – fit? is it a good feeling to beat Clemson on, in basketball than to beat Clemson on Saturday? I mean, I'm looking at from the athletic director to the president. Where's our budget? Are we a football school? Are we a all-around athletic school? I don't understand it. I mean, we're talking about recruits, recruits, recruits. But to me, the program has taken a back seat. And if you go to Alabama, if you go to Clemson, you go to Ohio State, do we really care about what the basketball, the baseball team is doing? Absolutely not. The best coach we can get, and I'm pretty sure Willie Taggart is enjoying his cognac right now, saying, hey, you fired me with my $8 million. You got a, you got an American conference coach. What do you expect? To me, the budget is just not there. We don't have the players. We don't have the money. The pro the program has to build from that from that up.
4: And that's really it, guys. That's all I gotta say. Well, Gene, you can speak to the money more than me. Yeah,
2: thanks for the call. Um, you know, I'm the first one to get on the train about Florida State and the academic woes that have been going on since the signing of the Grand Rights. And them the last uh, you know, the previous we'll see this athletic director in Coburn, but the last one is more. Centric towards basketball and the Olympic sports programs, which I thought was a mistake. Where Clemson got LSU's Yo back, they got the backup number two guy at LSU. Is it Radovich or Radikovich? Yeah, Radikovich. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he comes in, and he's a football-centric guy. They make no bones about it; they went 100% in on football. So I do think that is a factor. But at the end of the day, I still, you know, Florida hired Urban Meyer. You've got example after example of if schools hiring. Mm -hmm. lower level coaches have come and had great success. So I I don't necessarily know if that decision was based on a budgetary limitation. They've gotten a lot of, they've definitely bumped up the number of support staff they have. They're getting financial uh, support they need in that department. Uh, So I don't necessarily know if this goes back to that. I do think it's a, it's a larger systemic problem that's gone on for a while with this program financially, but I'm not going to put all this loss on that necessarily, Tom. I don't want let you yeah. feel differently.
4: No, I, I'll leave that to you. Like Gene, I was one of the few that agreed with you back in 12 about the grant of rights. Like, you know what? I remember we had a conversation cause I was doing some work with the site. Then I was like, I totally agree. This doesn't, I, I, I don't understand. I know that there's not a better place to go in the moment because maybe the sec or the big 12 didn't want us as much as where we could get more poker chips on the table. But, I don't know that's at that time, it was just, uh, it was just unfortunate. I am I'm starting to, uh, to, (laughs) to a little bit.
2: (laughs) Sure. If we, sure. I mean, maybe if we had, if we were again, the SEC wasn't taking us back then. My thing was, you should hold out. You had, I don't want to regurgitate this. You had some leverage. You could have gotten more money out of it. If you did theoretically have SEC money, then maybe you would have had a few more chips. You could have gone a higher, not hired a more established coach. I guess in theory, that's possible going back, but man, when they hired that firm to go out and research, I mean, it was a slam dunk with Norville, everything. They checked all the boxes and, and everything we've seen that he does. It looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and he's getting out. He brought in those transfers. He was at least until this game. He's bringing in a great rec- was bringing in a great recruiting class. So everything we've seen looks like he was a good hire. Now this game, like I said, if it's the worst game in school history, then that's all out the window.
4: Yeah, yeah, he might have undone it all. And and I was deciding whether or not to relitigate everything about the past ten years and and the yeah. finances. And I decided, you know, no. yeah, let me move on from that. Yeah, said. Then there was word salad, and you know it just that's what happens at two o'clock in the morning on the WarChance.com post game show. Our final caller of the evening, John in Orlando. John, thank you for your patience tonight. Go ahead.
1: Hey, no problem, guys. Um I think this all falls back on Jimbo. He left us with a firestorm, you know, and it just it just aggravates me that he can walk off in the sunset and do whatever he wants, and we get stuck with two. I like Norvell as a coach. I thought. Willie Taggart was a was a real just jump real quick, quick fix, and it, it came back and bit us. But I just look at this way. You've got these great athletes in high school, Travis J. Why isn't he playing wide receiver? He was incredible in high school. A keen dent. You know, these guys played both ways in high school, and yet you stick them out there, you know, let them play. I mean what else do you have? And I just think that our I, I'm, I'm so aggravated because I'm an alumni. I played baseball for Coach Martin, and I'm sitting there watching this. I've been in Sorley stand since I was born. Basically, my dad went there, and it's like, it's so hard to eat this. And you know, I got to watch all my friends that are Gator fans just throw up my face years, the last four years. I am so sick of hearing about the Gators and the Hurricanes. You know, I just wish that we were back in pre Jimbo yeah Bobby and you had coach Amato you had Mickey why can't we get coaches like Odell's been there forever why isn't he promoted to defensive coordinator I think he'd be a perfect fit for that because he is Florida State you know and I just think that we as a program we've got to we got to step up you know I mean right now we're behind UCF and that to me is just a joke you know and there's no way that we should be where we're at. But I still feel the worst loss we ever did. I got two of them. That home game against NC State, we get shut out and go up to Boston College and get just hammered. And I just don't know what, why we're not beating these teams better than, than we are. I remember when we lost to Brett Farb in Southern Mississippi, and we had a great team. And at this team, we came out flat. And like tonight, I watched this game over and over. I broke my. TV. I threw the remote. <laughs> oh no. And, John. And it's, it's, I got an 80 inch screen TV on my wall. It's, now it's all black because I threw the remote after.
2: Oh no, John. No. Oh. So like I say,
1: you know, it's not that, you know, I got my degree from Florida State. I love the school and my dad, my whole family is Florida State. I just, there's no passion. You know, I sit here and I couldn't make it to the game today. Thank God because I would have really been. God uh, knows what you would have broken. Yeah. I want to thank you guys. You know, and I agree with Ira. I just think that, and like my question is that you've got players, and why are we not getting offense alignment? To me, the heck with all the running backs, go get the beef up front. Go go out to Ohio or Iowa or out west, even into um, Washington, where these guys are just farm boys get them down here let them play and just run down their throat you know that's all i got guys i i thank you for taking my call um i'm just disappointed now i'm just i'm aggravated and it's like i thought we were going to have a great meeting like last like if we don't miss that extra point we win that game but it's here and they say though yeah well thank so, you john
2: john have a good night sorry to hear about your tv man i i feel you I, i've had that remote in my hand a couple times too I was thinking about chucking it but fortunately uh I did not, uh, but John, John, I feel your pain. He brought up some really good points. First of all, let me start with the one thing. Look, what Jimbo Fisher did was BS. The way he left the program, the way he checked out the last thing—he, he, that Christmas tree in his front yard, he lit it on fire and he walked away. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you what, it wasn't at this point where it's far enough removed. What's happening, whether it's the administration, the coaches, whatever's happened, people just keep putting gasoline on yeah. that thing. So I don't think this far out, he said it, but at it this, it's been a long enough time that things need to turn around. You can't be losing to FCS teams. Yeah. Uh, this, this far removed after what Jimbo Fisher did. So he deserves some blame, but man, as we get further and further away from that, I don't have the blame. There's a lot of other, I don't know how much, it, the biggest thing that John brought up. And I think it was a good point. And to me, and I went into the season saying the receivers were the weak link of this team. I really, I didn't think any of these guys were out there and everybody said Parchman's the savior. Man, he, from Kansas, I thought you know he's okay, but again, I don't think most Power Five schools he would even be starting. He brings up a good point. Is it now when you've got enough athletic talent at other positions, you need to start considering moving guys around? Because if guys are not getting open against Jacksonville State, you got to do something yep. about that. No,
4: well, that particular position, I agree, Gene. It, it, it's impossible to make this argument tonight that they're that they're better than they were, but I, I still think they no. are, and that's where. Uh, Is Norvell in the hot seat? No. Uh, Should Norvell be fired? No. Uh, Are you willing to entertain the idea that this may not work for the first time? Yes. I think that's what tonight did that for me personally. That's what tonight did. I'm now willing to entertain the idea because you messed around like uh, Ira is correct. It's the same thing as 2011 Wake. You're messing around and saying that you can get by when you're talking about details, everything from what they do, punctuality, details, 1% better, all that stuff, that rings hollow. That rings hollow mm-hmm. when it is apparent that you are, and and again, they might argue that they weren't, but to, to us in the, in the media community, in the fan community, in the stands watching on television, that appeared like we were preparing for Wake with live ammunition out on the field, and we got burned for it. And when you're telling players that every day matters, and then you tell them in a game, at least it appears again in a game, that it didn't matter as much as the one next week, and you lose that game, it's tough. That That's a tough message to sell, especially to a bunch of kids who have been failed over and over again. So that's where we are now. This is a critical week for the for the fate of his era and for the fate of this program. This is a big one. We knew the weight game was going to be big. We didn't know it was going to be big for, not the- for this reason. Yeah, it's, it's monumental now.
2: And it's not going to erase what happened, but if you go there and get a win... At least you were trying to – the proof of concept's got to be there. You've got to go on the road, beat an ACC team. Yep. You go, okay, that was a crappy game, but maybe it was just a blip. The coaches completely were caught napping. Yep. They, Like you said, all this stuff happened. They learned from the mistake. This is not going to happen again. So, yeah, that game is taking on a huge, huge yep. magnitude at this point. Again, I don't know if you can – you're never going to race this game. Like you said, Tom, ESPN is going to be playing this game like it's been playing wide rights for the last 30 years. Right all the time now, like we see Appalachian state when they beat Michigan, it's the same thing. You're going to see that crap over and over and over again. And you got to own it. I mean, it is what it is. You're on the other end of that thing. It sucks. But again, all you can do is go out and win games and try to turn the program around and just put that one aside.
4: Just remember folks, if you're in that situation, in Madden, or you still play NCAA on Xbox run prevent, just run prevent. (laughs) I I think you'll be all right, especially with the modern day rule that if you spike with one second left to go, it's the game's over. Yeah. Nope. you know, you'll be okay in that situation. I'll bet you win that football game if you ever play it in a simulation. But, uh, Gene, any final, final thoughts uh, before we sign off for this evening? And, of course, if you want to promote stuff, I'll make sure I do before we sign off. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, um, I mean, yeah, and John, one other thing, I, one other thing I, one, I forgot, John brought up a lot of different topics, was the offensive line. Well, I think they've got six guys already committed for the next class. So, I think this this coaching staff has realized the importance of building that offensive line and building the depth. And I think they have done – a good job, whether it's transfers or recruiting to try to build that number up. That's something where I thought previously, especially in the Jimbo Fisher where they failed miserably <clears throat> in not signing enough offensive linemen. They were always caught short there. Right. So on that, you know, again, it just a big picture. Again, the last thing I'm going to talk about is I think these next three games mm-hmm. are not just for the season and this coaching staff. I think it's going to have a profound impact on the program long-term. It's incredibly important how they come out the next three games. Cause I don't know if they, if they, if the coaches keep coaching like this and the players check out because of what's happened, mm-hmm. man, we're, we're in for some dark times. It could get scary.
4: Yeah. If you, uh if you enjoyed this therapy session tonight, hit the like button underneath the video. Yes. It's not the results. We're not telling you like the results <laughs> like the therapy session, hit the subscribe button and the bell because there's more content coming. I'll tell you about Warchant.com in just a second, but tomorrow night at 7. PM. It's the Sunday Smash. I don't think that Jeff Cameron and I—they well, smash started-
2: things out of frustration. Yeah.
4: I don't think that they expected to be having this kind of a show where they actually have to gear up for it. Usually, it's a laid-back show. This won't be uh, tomorrow night at seven o'clock, right here on WarChant TV, the Jeff Cameron Show, Monday, one p.m. Jeff and I will be there, ready to go with bells on, and uh, on WarChant.com. Ira told you, Corey's writing his article right now, his column. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. You guys can't wait to read it too. And then there's the three, two, one, as Ira said, it might be the ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, his piece will be up tomorrow as well. So there's tons of content. Of course, everything that you've known uh, that we do week by week, the pro football focus grades. We're going to really enjoy those uh, <laughs> among other things at warchant.com and warchant TV. So we hope you do enjoy the therapy that is to come because it's going to be therapy for gene myself ira Corey, austin aslon jeff and everybody uh over the next week and hopefully the wake forest post game show that we have will be a little bit more positive gene i think it's that time should i hang up on our boy now is he
2: going to talk or is he going to be is he so upset he's not going to speak anymore
4: let's give it a shot let's see i'm going to tell him to go pound sand and nothing you have got to be kidding me. He gave up on us, Gene. Hopefully, the- I, he, he took a job with the ACC network. Yeah, I think he did. Or Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of WarChant.com. My name is Tom Lang. I hope everybody had a little bit better of a night as we could commiserate for the, uh, the last couple of hours. We will talk to you soon, right here on WarChant TV. Good night, everybody. Good night.